0: Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the First and Orange podcast brought to you by the Denver Post. This is sports writer Kyle Newman, joined by my colleague Parker Gabriel for another packed offseason edition of the show. We're going to be talking receivers Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, what to make of the new look Broncos D-line and O-line, moves on that O-line, will that be enough to protect Russ in 2023? And of course the big kind of question this week that was came out last week from a fan survey the possibility of a new stadium in the near future. So we'll d- break all that down here on the First and Orange podcast, brought to you by the Denver Post. So Parker, let's just start off with some of the the hard hitting news of the last couple weeks. And yep. first off, with the pass catchers, Judy and Sutton, are, are they on the block? Are they not on the block? Well, certainly George Payton has fielded calls about them, but Payton saying. Broncos are not trading those two young receivers. What are your thoughts on that and kind of how all that landed? Uh, and of course there's a subtweet from Sutton in there along all this, you know, there's been a lot of kind of wrinkles in this drama.
1: Yeah, there, there has been, I think, you know, just obviously earlier this week was at the NFL spring ownership meetings down in Arizona and, and both Sean Payton and George Payton talked about, you know, liking those receivers. Um, Sean Payton said they don't have interest in trading either of them. And George Payton, it's hard to keep the Payton straight. George Payton, the general manager said, he thinks, you know, they're two players in the prime or sort of coming into the prime of their career.
0: Hold on pause. Dixon, yeah. Pause. So, so is that, uh, the price wasn't high enough, you know, cause yeah. obviously I, we, it's been floated. There's first rounds, first rounders wanting to be involved in this deal from the Broncos perspective. So is right. that what your sense is? Oh, we tried to trade them, but we d- couldn't get enough.
1: Yeah, you know what they say about everything before the word, but um, that's kind of, I think, what's going on here is uh, at least possibly, right? Like Sean Payton, you know, he told Tom Palacero from NFL Network in no uncertain terms, you know, we're not trading these guys. And then the next day it was, well, we don't have interest in trading them, but, you know, teams aren't going to stop calling between now and the draft. Like those are, those are pretty different. Things and it's not. I'm not like, not knocking Sean Payton here. It's just the reality of the situation is like teams are going to continue to ask Denver about it. And if if everybody's price is what it is right now, right? And I think the only real deadline is the draft. And it's not even to say that like one of them or somebody's not going to get traded in the summer. That stuff happens too. But like the the most logical thing here is that Denver's got five draft picks. Okay, the first one is number sixty-seven overall. And if one of those guys, like if Sutton can get you another pick, I know they're, they're asking for, you know, a high day two pick for him probably right now. But like if if Sutton can get you another pick sort of in the 60s or somewhere even maybe between, you know, the first two picks they have, 67 and 68, their next pick is 108. Like if you're in that realm, I just think they're going to consider that, you know. Um they have, I'm guessing they haven't told people, hey, stop calling us about these guys. It's more just of like, we don't have to do it, which is a pretty good situation to be in, all things considered. I mean, they could roll with both of those guys into the season. And being in that situation, they can keep their price right where they want to, you know, essentially for for as long as they want to.
0: This is the First Orange Podcast. That's Parker Gabriel. This is Kyle Newman. Of course, Parker, you're at the league meetings in Arizona Uh, and lots transpired during that. You got to talk to Peyton. Peyton um, just kind of get a feel for the club as this offseason moves along. Let's go to the D-line here before we talk about the O-line. Draymond Jones signs with Seattle and whole link up with Shelby Harris up there. And to replace him, Broncos bring in Zach Allen, former Cardinal. What'd you make of the move? And uh, should Broncos fans be optimistic about this? Little change up here on the D-line.
1: Yeah, I mean... It's it's sort of a test of of everybody's of scouting and evaluation ability, right? I mean, the numbers aren't exactly the same. Like on paper, Draymond Jones got a little bit more more money, seventeen point one average annual value compared to like fifteen and a quarter for Zach Allen. But Zach Allen got a little more guaranteed money. Um, their cap numbers are going to end up being pretty much the same after this year. So like, it's they pretty much chose. I don't know if it's this simple, but like for all practical purposes, like they chose Zach Allen over Draymond Jones. Right. right. And so that's that's probably in part because they think that Zach Allen, you know, he's got the, like, Vance Joseph, they spent the last four years together in Arizona. Vance knows exactly how he wants to use Zach Allen. Um, and then the other part of it is I thought it was interesting, the first thing that Sean Payton brought up about him is that they, they like what he can do against the run. And so I think, you know, they think he's probably not – the pass rusher that Draymond Jones is right now, but he took a big step in that area of his game, uh, this past year. And he's a better run defender at this point in his career than Draymond is. And so that would that's the bet, right? Is that you've got a superior player against the run and that he's going to turn himself into an equal pass rusher or maybe better pass rusher. So they think they got an ascending player. Um it's no surprise both guys got paid big money. They're they're both for hitting free agency when they did you know, they're both young guys going on to second contracts. And so those are the guys that get paid uh, big money. And and basically, you know, Denver's betting that that Zach Allen's going to be a better player over the next two or three years than than Draymond is.
0: Yeah. I thought it was, I mean, you mentioned the money is almost equal and Zach getting a little more guaranteed money. So it didn't come really down to the money. Obviously it seems like between Draymond and the Broncos, it came down to, okay, we think this other guy's a better fit. I'll be interested to see, what kind of year Draymond has up in Seattle versus Zach. And, and I think you the pass rush versus run defense is, is a good thing to mention because Allen's certainly better against the run. But Draymond, statistically and just by the eye test, much better pass rusher, rusher at this point. Will, like you said, the Broncos get kind of an, an ascending player in Zach Allen. That's what they're banking on. So
1: we'll, yeah. see, we'll see here. It's interesting too, Kyle, because like, So, like, Denver's front office, George Payton um, and the scouts, like, they obviously know, and Marcus Dixon, the defensive line coach, like, they obviously know Draymond better than they know Zach Allen. Right. Um, But the rest of the coaching staff outside of his position coach, like, you know, Vance Joseph knows Zach Allen. He's been around him every day for the last four years. So, there's so much turnover in the organization that it would depend on who you ask. Um, you know, hey, are the Broncos more familiar with Draymond Jones or Zach Allen? Seems like sort of a ridiculous question. Um, but for the coordinator on that side of the ball, who was hired by the new head coach, um, the answer is Zach Allen. So uh, Sean Payton made sort of like alluded to that a little bit when he said, you know, we didn't really have that much. I didn't really have that much get to know you time with Draymond. Sort of, I think he said, it's like, you know, it's a week before prom and you're not sure if Sally Sue is going to go with you. That was his quote at the in Arizona. So that's like, That's how he felt about Draymond. And then on the other hand, you got Zach Allen, who the guy that you just hired as your defensive coordinator, like knows as well as any player probably he's coached. So at the end of the day, it's going to be really interesting to sort of watch how they both uh, progress.
0: First in Podcast, that's Parker Gabriel. This is Kyle Newman breaking down the Broncos' busy offseason, league meetings now in the bag, and we're looking ahead towards the draft here in a few weeks' time. So move over to the offensive line now. They got a couple big prizes over there: Mike McGlinchey and Ben Powers. Break down those additions, and for the love of God, will the revolving door at right tackle finally end, Parker? What do you think?
1: Yeah, well, somewhere along the way, it's going to right. I mean, McGlinchey, yeah, he's missed a little time uh, with injury. He had a he had a quad injury that cost him the second half of the twenty one season. But he's been pretty pretty durable overall. Um, so you would think at some point along the way that he he'd start two straight years. Um they're obviously hoping that starts this season and, and just carries right on through his deal. Those guys are are obvious, you know, it's it's obvious what they're after. I mean, they want not only are were they regarded as two of the better players. McGluin like a better run blocker at this point than he is pass protector. Um but they think he can be an all-around um you know sort of standout right tackle and then Ben Powers really came a long way as a player overall. Um, this past year and so they they're hoping that that shores it up and and I asked Sean uh in Arizona you know what he made of the center position and he said that they they considered Lloyd Cushionberry to be their starter at center and so like really you've got a pretty set starting five I think at this point right Bowles at left tackle Powers uh Cushionberry in the middle Quinn Miners at right guard and then McGlinchey at right tackle and and you're just you're betting that I think on a couple things you're betting that that five can play and play a lot together. And I think in particular, you're betting that Powers and Miners can make Lloyd Cushenberry a better player by having Miners, who's going to be in his third year. He's a good player. He's held in high regard. Um, And then you put in a, a sort of accomplished player like Ben Powers, that the interior becomes a strength. And not only does that help you in the run game, but I think the thinking too is that that sort of interior core uh, helps Russell Wilson play in the pocket and and helps him feel comfortable back there operating an the offense.
0: So Powers replacing Dalton who started at left guard the last few years for the Broncos and he's in free agency now. hasn't signed anywhere yet, but Broncos obviously moving on from the Wiggins product and looking at some of these other uh, moves this year or this offseason, shall I say, just kind of depth moves uh, in the in the backfield and at yeah. tight end. What do you think of that about those, especially the additions in the backfield to complement J- Javante Williams?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I think, you know, Samaj P. Ryan, we, we might look back on this, you know, nine months from now, Kyle, and, and say that maybe that could go as the underrated one of of the offseason. It's not because I think he's going to have 1,400 total yards or anything like that. It's just that it, at this point, you know, they could draft a guy too uh, at the end of April, but. At this point, you know if Javante Williams isn't ready to go, then like Pirine is pretty clearly the next guy up in that. Right. You know, they, they sold him on that two back system and how much they've used guys, and and you know Sean Payton really sort of glowed about him in Arizona and said he's got positional flexibility. He's a really good pass catcher. He's the kind of player that Sean Payton has, has found big roles and big production for over the course of his career. So uh, he's a guy that they thought was a priority, and they went out and got. And it all fits the same mold. It's, it's just like talking about McGlinchey and Powers. You know, P. Ryan, Michael Burton, uh, the fullback, uh, Chris Manhertz, the tight end. Like these are tough, physical players, um, and it's all about winning in the trenches. Yeah, you know, that's why you sign a fullback, right? Like that's why you sign Manhertz is, if not the best, one of the best uh, run blocking tight ends in the NFL. And then you sort of throw him a bone every once in a while in the pass game, you know, that's, that's the player he is. And so it's, um, it really is geared like Marquez Callaway. I think was the first guy they signed and that was, you know, second week of free agency. That was the first guy they signed. That was like, this guy's really going to maybe make them a little more dynamic in the passing game. P Ryan, a little bit of that, but it's all been about, power it's all been about physicality it's all been about running the ball and building an offense around that
0: and this is the first Norge podcast brought to you by the denver post kyle newman alongside parker gabriel so we'll close the show with some stadium talk but real quick a quick note on potential uniform uh right maybe in a big announcement tomorrow miles our beloved broncos mascot tweeting out from his official twitter account a little teaser today Yeah. And it seemed to indicate that a new uniform is going to be announced. So potentially check that out uh, for on the on the radar here coming up new Broncos uniform.
1: But are we are we slightly concerned that he's teasing an April Fool's Day announcement? That's
0: what I was actually just thinking. I was about to say on April 1st, check it out. Uh, April 1st. Wait a second. And the last time the Broncos tweeted about some uniforms, it was a it was a video from this past season where they tried to punk the players into believing that they had to wear these like Christmas uniforms that were, looked like a present, right? Which would have yeah. been apt if they had worn those in that Los Angeles game, because I mean yeah. that was just ridiculous. They might as well have looked ridiculous with how well they played. So, yeah. um, possible uniform drop coming April Fool's Day or in the near future. We don't know. Stay tuned to Broncos Twitter for that. But let's close the show here with a topic I have a very strong opinion about, and that is the stadium in Powerfield. Broncos still have nine years left on their lease there, but they have recently ramped up survey efforts as they go through a very long process, as Damani Leach, team president, says about whether to build a new stadium. Now, of course, they're already doing about what 100 grands uh, excuse me not 100 grand 100 million in yep. improvements on empower field this year including a f- huge new video board that's about 70% bigger than the old one you know because we need that the fans need to look at the board more and not at the game. don't even get me started on that yeah, exactly. yep. um, okay so they're they're taking advantage of all this right 100 million improvements and um, you know looking at some different things with the stadium but they're also looking at new stadium potential of a new stadium. Uh, potential of a retractable roof, potential of a suburban uh, stadium, potential of a Jerry Jones type world, uh, wherever it is. Uh, I'll just start off here. I think that's ridiculous. Uh, I don't know why we're talking about replacing the stadium, building a new stadium. You know, if, if you want to make upgrades to the current one, that's fine. I get it. But this stadium is not old enough or in poor enough shape to, for even us to be having this conversation, I, I, I get the team has, you know, they have every right to explore it, but who's going to pay for the stadium? I don't think taxpayers are going to want to pay for another new football stadium, especially if it's out by the airport or in Highlands Ranch or whatever. There's going to be a lot of pushback to that. I'm sure there'll be supporters too, but that's just, you know, as a Denverite, that's my two cents. We don't need a new football stadium. We don't want a football stadium. That's not downtown. Let's just make do with Empower Field. Your two cents, Mr. Gabriel.
1: Yeah, I think you won't catch me arguing with either of the red lines that our columnist Mark Kisla laid out in his his column um, last week on this topic that it has to be in Denver and that no taxpayer money should be included. I mean, I, I will cover the story regardless of where it goes. But I, he's certainly not the only one that that thinks that way. I, and it, as far as, like, ultimately what the decision will be, you know, that there's they're early in the process. Obviously, they're gathering a lot of information. I, I find it – I'll be really surprised, Kyle, at the end of the day if they don't decide to build a new stadium. Like, put it that way, right? Like, it just – it's the way it's tracking. Um, they can – gather as much information and do all that as much as they want. It's not based on inside information or anything. It's just a read of how it's gone since they've taken over. Like, I just think that's the way it's going. Could they ultimately decide that a, a different course is a better, you know, a better course of action? Sure. But at the end of the day, like, they're also the wealthiest owners in the NFL and they just, you know, got the franchise nine months ago and, or seven months ago and they're, they have an opportunity to do something really transformative. And I, I, I just think probably that they will. The thing about it though, is that I don't, I also really don't think they're going to be in a rush with it. Right. I mean, they can look to the the family, the extended family, Stan Kroenke and what he did, you know, when, when the Rams moved to Los Angeles, and they didn't do it right away. You know?
0: Oh, you mean and, when he, when he and, stole the Rams out of St. Louis? Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. That's right. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And the yeah.
0: NFL colluded it with him to do it okay yeah sure
1: yeah yeah yeah, no, I, yeah, yeah i'm not, <laughs> not arguing with you I, I uh but he they went through a long process they found the right spot for it and then they you know they 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 took as long as it took to make sure that they they did it exactly the way they want to do it and, and with nine years left on the lease at Empower field as damani leach pointed out um this week in arizona there's really no reason to rush it i mean if you if you back if you sort of back out from the end of the lease or or roughly the end of the lease, I mean, you could be talking about breaking ground, you know, approving, saying you're going to do it. And then, and then, you know, at some point later breaking ground three or four years from now, and you'd have plenty of runway. So like, I don't think this is something that they feel like they need to make a decision on um, very quickly, but ultimately I think there'll be a lot of allure um in doing it and doing it big and and like i said i just i'll be they're early in the process now could be a really long process i'll be surprised that if 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 at the end of the rainbow um it's not a new stadium
0: well and i agree with you and that's why i'm kind of like like really we don't need a new stadium and i say we because it's a it's the city of denver Like I appreciate the Walton Penner ownership group coming in here with grandiose aspirations and wanting to guild everything in this organization from top to bottom and firing Nathaniel Hackett after, you know, 15 games and saying this ain't good enough and bringing in Sean Payton as one of the highest paid coaches in the NFL. Great, great, great building a stadium. We're talking about a billion dollars talking about, you know, investment and say yes from the city and its people I just don't get it. Like the stadium is 22 years old. I mean, it's nowhere even near in need of replacement. And it's, yes, you see, look at Jerry Jones world and you look at SoFi and you look at the glitz and glam in Las Vegas and you're like, Oh, I don't, we want one of those stadiums. Right. Yeah. Of course you do. But, but this stadium's not that outdated. We're not talking about a stadium stadium from the eighties here that they're still dealing with. I mean, this is still a relatively modern stadium with pretty decent fan experience and it's going to get better this year their video screen's going to be 70% bigger okay yeah,
1: yeah they're renovating they're renovating the suites and and yeah. and all of that i think like one of the things and it's 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 a it's a, it's, it's a great bar stool conversation right because you can just you can talk about it forever um, i i teams that are building new stadiums are are almost entirely reworking the revenue models for their franchises, and and I, I, it's you know the commercial development and the real estate development around stadiums and all of that. Like, you could retrofit some of that, and I, I, you know, more of the ins and outs to learn, obviously. I mean, you could retrofit some of that around the current spot. And frankly, like, I mean, the this I think it's I don't know that it's deniable. I mean, the stadium, it's great right where it is. You know, like it's yeah. not. I call obviously on what happens in the future, but like, it's cool that it still feels like it's intertwined with the city. Um, and you know, I won't, I won't be sad if I never have to drive out to the, toward the airport to cover a football game.
0: Well, that's just the thing
1: because it's, it's a conversation that's happening now and and it's important. And it's also like, will anybody, including, like, you could say Russell Wilson, like will anybody who's on the Broncos right now, like, actually play in potentially a new stadium or a fully renovated stadium on the timeline? Very doubtful. Being brought up here. I mean, this is very much a, hey, we bought this franchise. We plan on owning it for a very long time. One of the things that's going to be a centerpiece of this, more than any single player, or coach or, or executive or whatever is the stadium. And I would imagine that that's the sort of planning and detail um, that will go into figuring out what to do about it.
0: So, but when it comes down to like, you're like, you're saying these new stadiums that are being built and the teams, you know, recalibrating the revenue model, AKA making a whole little community outside the stadium where they gobble up all your dollars too. Yeah, that's great. But there's, there's no real estate in downtown Denver to do that, unless on the current site, you're going to take up parking lots or whatever to do that.
1: Right. And, and then it gets, yeah.
0: Yeah. So so long story short, what I'm hearing, Parker, is your prognosis is in five to 10 years, they're going to move out of the city to some mm-hmm. mega complex, and we're going to have to drive way out there. And it's just not going to be the same. But I guess we'll have our Jerry's World and our SoFi and the Walton Penner's sh- ownership group can show it off and say we built this but i don't know to me i like to see the ownership group reestablish the team on the field first win some games maybe win the division maybe win a playoff game before (laughs) we start talking about building a new stadium we don't even need in this city and uh, i would say that in like 10 years too i mean i think this is just a it's it's just too early and i but i agree with you parker it's the new ownership group. This is our franchise and we want a gleaming new stadium to put our stamp on. I get that, but uh, there's, it's more beyond money in this case. And the money is huge. Yes. They're the richest ownership group in the NFL, but to build a stadium that they're going to want to build is going to be billions of dollars. So, and I just don't see the the taxpayers backing it at all, which is going to, I'll be interested to see how that works out. Uh, see if Walmart can check, cut some checks for that, but
1: yeah, yeah, no, I, I hear you. It's a very yeah. There's there will be strong opinions on all sides of the uh, all sides
0: of the equation. So we'll be keeping tabs on this DenverPost.com/broncos head there for continued off-season analysis and of course NFL draft analysis with that just on the horizon here in less than a month's time. Appreciate you listening in to today's show. It's been Kyle Noon alongside Parker Gabriel for the First and Orange podcast. Until next time, folks, take it easy.